What up, y'all? Welcome to Queer Walk the Podcast. This is Money, the lesbian, category closed. <laughs> well, in scene. And I am Nikita, and I am your melting-ass lesbian. It's hot it's as hot, shit. It's hot, yeah. It's gross. I thought you were going to spell your name. Oh, I should for the <laughs> listeners. Nikita. Yeah. N I K. E E P A. Because y'all be calling me all kinds of things. We should we should just call this episode. We should not. La Butch Nikita. No. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Drop the intro. Love your chocolate demeanor and your cocoa kisses. I see your flow from a distance. Your vibe inside my submission. I give you all of me. Wanna make you proud of me. We see the God in all you do. Your light is harmony. Every type, darkest night, brightest light, I'm loving your soul They hate you, replace you, take you, but know that you go Worldwide from every continent, I just want you jig a little bit Move them hips, feel that bliss, hug your sister, make a fist Don't resist your temptation, you amazing, no limitation My favorite in this matrix, we move by your vibration And that's love, I hope you hear that on the daily Cause baby you love, I hope you hear that on the daily Cause baby you love I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby, you love, you love. Mm. <laughs> love <your child> <laughs> Alrighty. Alright, Nikita. N-I-K-E-E-T-A. Yes. You wanna... <laughs> it's just so funny. How many different renditions of Nikita out there? If I have a kid, I'm gonna just... I'm, I'm probably gonna have five kids and name them all Nikita and just spell them all differently. <laughs> You want to tell everybody where they can find us? Yes, I do. So you can find us on Twitter at Queer Rock Pod. And don't forget to use the hashtag QueerWOC. You can also follow us on Instagram, also at Queer Rock Pod. Hit us up on the Tumblr, which is QueerWalk.com. Or maybe you want to do something a little more intimate and you want to send us something to our inbox. Why you always do that voice? A little more intimate. Because, it, shut up. You block, you cramping my style now. Uh-huh. Anyway, like I was saying, if you want to send us something a little more personal, a little more private, you can send it to us, to our email, which is QueerWalkPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the Book of Faces, also known as Facebook, which is QueerWalk colon the podcast. Thank you. You don't, that didn't sound like <laughs> genuine thanks. No, thanks for that. I just say I feel like there was uh, one of our because um, you know the listeners know that we did four episodes for Pride Month. In yeah. fact, there was one episode where you tried to tell people where oh they could gosh. find us. Why are you bringing up old? I'm shit? just saying it didn't. It just didn't go that well, if I recall. I I think I did. Uh, Fairly decently average. for a segment that I don't usually do. Imagine if you just suddenly tried to do the mental moment. Well, that's different because I obviously don't have uh, the whole ass qualifications <laughs> to be a licensed mental health professional. <laughs> Obvi. So am I doing You're going to ask me where can they listen? Come on. We have a format. I feel like. I, Did I, you come here to work or I, not? I am. It's, it's very hot. Oh, yeah. Don't I, use that excuse. <laughs> Our ancestors work. Oh, my gosh. 
Why? Why again? Why you gotta bring Harriet into everything? I'm just saying. Okay, she was ahead. out freeing people <laughs> in sleet, in snow, in hot ass weather. Nikita, where can they listen to the podcast? Ask Harriet. <laughs> <laughs> And Harriet Tubman will tell you that you can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and Apple Podcast. Yes. All right. So I guess I'm just going to ask you also how folks can donate. I love when you ask me how people can donate. Well, tell them, Nikita. I'm going to excuse your sarcasm and actually tell them where they can donate. So, like we always say, there are no millionaires, no billionaires, Nobody from the six disgusting, parasitic capitalist class that wants to fund us. So there's only one way that we can have <laughs> meaningful contributions to our program. And th- well, there's two ways, actually, that you can be a sustainer and a supporter financially of this here podcast. And I'm going to tell you both ways. So you can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash queerwalkpod. And that is where you can decide how much you would like to contribute to Queer Walk on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. So our designated categories are three, five, and seven. But maybe you could do Pick a little price. less, or maybe you could do a little more. Mm-hmm. We're not going to say no to the really wonderful and meaningful contributions of our listeners. So one, three, five, seven, nine, standing real fine. Ooh, you can donate to us. Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> Get the dough. <laughs> anyway, so, or maybe you just want to do a one-time donation. You can also do that at paypal.me slash queerwalk. And if you would like to contribute to this here program, and you don't have it monetarily, because trust me, I understand. Oof, you yes. can always contribute by using the hashtag QueerWOC, putting a friend or a homie or a bae onto the podcast. Right. And also through rating us on all the platforms. Yep. but especially iTunes. Especially iTunes. It helps with visibility. And I would like to also say thank you to everybody who holds us down on SoundCloud. I don't yep. think we give SoundCloud we enough. We don't. We don't. Um, SoundCloud is a is a whole community within itself, and y'all really be uh, reposting the episodes on there. Reposting which helps so much. Commenting, liking, right? It's such a way that you also contribute. Exactly. So, yeah. So if you ain't got the the coin, just click the button. Okay. I thought you were gonna have a little rhyme. I thought I was too, but it's, I'm all out. Yeah, I'm sure there's some. I'm sure there's some. Um, some queer walk nerd listening, and they're like, "Well, I have a bevy of words that rhyme with coin." <laughs> All right, so do we want to move into? You all right there? My eyes are burning. I don't know why. I'm trying. Probably because it's so fucking hot. Your your eyes are probably literally about to spontaneously combust (laughs) right out of the sockets. We had to turn like the AC and the fan off because it's. It's too loud to record it, yeah. but it is so hot. So I just want you all to see this is how much we value this community that we are in here sweating our asses off about to turn into a puddle, <laughs> about to be stuck together like Siamese twins. Hace muy calor. Is that how you say it? What, is it really hot? Yeah. That sounds about right. 
All right, y'all. So I'm gonna move it on along into Queer Walk of the Week. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> Queer Walk of the Week this week. Look at you. You just so excited. I am. Like what? Queer Walk of the Week this week is MJ Rodriguez, who you all may know as Blanca Evangelista from the new FX show Pose. And if you if you don't know Blanca from Pose. I need you to, to stop the podcast right now because your listen already counted by now anyway. And just go <laughs> wow. and just go Google Find Pose. Um, it's an incredible show. You should all be watching it. If you're listening to this podcast, you should be watching Pose. Um, and so I'm just going to, I guess I should just tell a little bit about MJ. Look at you. You're just so excited. Yeah, I ahead. am. So, MJ is Bay. Okay, that's what I, yeah, I, was so, just, I didn't know if you were going to tell the listeners. That she's fine? I felt yeah. like that was implied. That's, and it's obvious. If, oh you, if you've watched the show, it's obvious. Like, yeah. So, I've been following her on Instagram and just, like, replaying videos over and oh, over God. and over. I know. It's creepy, but she's gorgeous and very talented, so I stand. Um, so just a little bit about MJ. So the first time I, I was trying to f figure out like where I knew her face from when I watched the first episode of Pose. Uh, so I had seen, I, I watched Nurse Jackie like four times. Uh, I was having a bad summer. <laughs> <laughs> and she was actually on an episode of Nurse Jackie where she was a trans woman character. Oh. So that was, you know, usually in those like hospital typey shows they always get either a cis man or yeah. a cis woman a cis to play woman, a trans yeah. woman which is fucked up and so like the that's amazing that sure. she, you know she was a trans woman in a trans woman character role on nurse jackie so that was where i knew her face from that's where i recognized her from she was also in rent off broadway uh and she played angel's character in rent oh my god yeah that's amazing i know um did that for several seasons until it left uh the stage and now she is one of the you know core characters, characters yeah. on Pose, and and I just I mean I don't know what else there is to say. Like obviously she got the acting chops, but yeah. she can also sing. She's short and models, which I always think is cute. Oh, cute! Like, How condescending. <laughs> that's not heightest of me. I just think it takes like some extra kind of oomph to be short and model. Oh interesting that you phrase it that way extra something to make up for what we lack in height okay i'm just saying i i get excited like i used to watch america's next top model and i would always get excited when like the short girls had good walks because you don't have long legs your legs aren't the like drawing thing <laughs> like people aren't going to look at you and be like wow look at those legs they can you're short. Oh, there's not. They're short. It's not like they're not there. <laughs> I just okay, Nikita. I'm not gonna go into this. This is about MJ. You're right. And about how incredible she is. And through this conversation about this amazing woman, you're revealing your trash perspective on those of us. I feel like the the proportions of me being called trash on this show to you being called trash on this show are like. Way off. And I feel like as a numbers person, you know that that's just categorically untrue. <laughs> no, I feel like you definitely call me trash more. Recycling. Anyway. The takeaway from Queer Walk of the Week is not 
that I'm Hydus, but right. it's that MJ is a baddie. Yes, that Go is. Watch we, on, on that, we can agree. Blanca Evangelista is the mama that we all deserve. It's so funny because she's so young, but she just she, yeah. just really serves like mama, mama vibes. slash yeah. like black auntie vibes. Yes. Yeah. I really appreciate her. And the one-liners that Blanca has, like, she sells them. Like, M- you just believe that MJ would say that. Oh, God. What is that line? We do not have the luxury we of shame? Do, we do not have the luxury of shame. Oof. I love that. That was, okay? yeah. It's just, it was just a moment, and I cried. I cry on a lot of those episodes, but good tears. Right. So, like, there's just so, like, we always talk about community, and that show just feels so, like, this is what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, like, this is what it means to, like, be in queer community. And that just uh, feels so incredible. Indeed. Yeah. So, go watch Pose. Go listen to Marsha's Play. I was going to say. Reviews of the episode. I was just about to say that. they are so good. And, I mean, I feel like we always shout out and uplift Diamond. But I just saw what the shit that's happening. On YouTube? With Diamond and uh, her YouTube channel. So, um... What do they do? They like they took all they took of her off videos all down. of her videos. So I just I mean that's horrific. That's disgusting. It's racist, sexist, transphobic. Mm-hmm. So e- even more reason to go listen to Diamond's um, review Reviews. series. Yes. So we said all that to say that MJ Rodriguez is Queer Walk of the Week, and that you should go li- go listen to Marsha's Plates right. reviews of Pose and watch Pose. All of these things were important. They're, they're all connected too. They're all just, important. Yeah, <laughs> just have to pull them together. We are moving on along to community contributors. <laughs> Nikita, you want to start off, and then maybe like I'll. You trying to push in. up on my segment? You gonna do all of them? Maybe I will. I don't think that's fair. We have a lot. The community is growing. All right. So, um, while Nikita gets her eyes together, because they're probably melting in this heat. I mean, you know she's been trying to wear uh, contacts lately so she could serve uh, zaddy looks out with my here. New, with my new shades, courtesy of Brand New Vision. Brand New Vision's. Um, I still need... Uh, their link will be in the description. Oh, I we forgot can't, to put okay, it. Okay, we yeah. can't forget. I forgot to put it in the Pride Post and Pete any episode, but brand new visions, y'all. Check them out. They got the exclusive shades. Um, So, this is... I love how this all falls into community contributors, right? Because they're a local Queer Walk-owned... Oh, yeah! Shades company. Yes, bitch! Um, and so we're going to go on into uh, thanking the new patron... So, we want to thank Kamara for becoming a patron. And Kamara is a homie of a homie. So, Kamara is a homie. Thank right? you so much, Kamara. Especially because she became a patron. So, you know. <laughs> we want to shout out Hazel for, for upping. upping. Yes. Your pledge. We greatly appreciate it. Yes. You know, we, I think the merch is very close to popping off. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm excited. I'm very excited. You know, wait till I give me a Glucose Guardian t-shirt. Well, the, hopefully the glucose guardian will become like Hazel and Camara, uh, <laughs> and either become a patron, and after they become a patron, they will up. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, um, so you gonna read all the? Reviews? Okay, I'm not. It is a lot. It's oh a my lot, God. and we. So I guess first we should say thank y'all for coming through because we had a goal for Pride Month, mm-hmm. and Nikita confused everybody. Oh, so now it's you, my fault? It is, because I don't use Apple products. Okay, so 
I realized that I normally say ratings and reviews, or sometimes I might mistakenly use the term interchangeably. So when we say that our goal was to get to 100 ratings, that's not a review. So that's just you going into the app and clicking, and, five, stars. And clicking five stars, right? Yeah. So my bad. As the in the same way that I'm always telling money to say more and explain, I didn't take a piece of my own advice. Exactly. Anyway, you don't you be emphatically agreeing with that. <laughs> all right, you calm your ass down. So of course we would love it if you had the time to go in and write a review. But if not, and you're just listening to this right here, while you're listening to it on that podcast app, just whichever one it is, just click the stars or the heart, whatever applies. It's stars. Okay. It stars on the Apple products. Yeah. You see? Us over here in Droidland, sometimes it's hearts. Oh. Sometimes. Sometimes it's a thumbs up. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's just, regardless of what it is, it sounds like it's whack. Moving on. Are we ready for I'm waiting for you to read. Okay. <clears throat> the community don't deserve this. You need to get more excited, okay? What are you talking about? I always... I always do the community contributors justice. Anyway, so we have a review from Raleigh, and Raleigh says, For the past few weeks, I have been binge listening to Queer Watch. (laughs) It's gotten to the point that I barely listen to music anymore. I know we've never I know we've never met. Y'all should come over to San Francisco with the Queer Walk meetup though. And be- uh, that's even more reason for you all to become patrons. So we so can we go to a, a meetup meet in San Francisco. Yeah. Anyway. Or somewhere. Somewhere. I know we've never met, but it feels like money and Nikita really have my back and have their backs of the entire community. They want us to survive and thrive just like we want them to survive and thrive. Keep up the fabulous work, hilarious jokes, and healing practices. Thank you so much, Raleigh. Raleigh that's so sweet. We do have y'all's back, and we know that y'all got ours. We got your back like chiroprax. Oh, my God. That is embarrassing. I have to do a music reference at least. You do. It's okay. All right. Now you got one from Dahlia? I do. So we're not going to do the too long didn't read version. But let's just say Dahlia really took up the charge when we said we're trying to get to this goal. (laughs) Dahlia, just to make a long story short, Dahlia had to... Trek her ass up to the, the public library <laughs> to leave a review. So we appreciate the fuck out of this review. We appreciate the fuck out of you. So I didn't know what TLDR. Yeah, TLDR means too long didn't read. Okay. Anyway, so it took them about a half an hour to leave a review. To leave a review. <laughs> so that Dahlia says, "I'll never get back those thirty-five minutes of life, but it was worth it." Nikita and Money have created something truly special with this podcast. Bravo and huzzah. Thank you, Dahlia. I think that's huzzah. Well, let's read. That sounds more fun. Huzzah. <laughs> huzzah. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like uh, a black queer war call. Huzzah. Huzzah. Could you just imagine? <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the sign when you see a queer walk listener in public. God, I wish we could turn the fan on. <laughs> this is why we're all over the place. It's just 
It I, is. I'm in a state it's of delirium. Hot. It's really hot. Yeah. It's fine. We'll just suffer because this is how much we. This is how we know we have y'all's back. It's like because only... our backs are about to melt the fuck off. <laughs> we are sacrificing like personal hygiene and <laughs> yeah, everything and comfort for audio quality. For audio quality for listeners like you. Yes. All right. I'm gonna read the next one. That you can read the last two. All right. All right. So I love this name because is is it. Er lady. It's er lady. Er lady. Because I was at first, you know, the nerd of me it was like, is this ER lady? Is this <laughs> is this a med student? But I think it's er it's lady. Er lady. Er lady. Er lady. Like, like it's got three Y's in it. Lady. <laughs> er lady. <laughs> that's like that's the queer walk night call. So in the daytime it's her. <laughs> And at, and at night, night it's her lady. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, her lady <laughs> says, <laughs> I can't get through this shit. Okay. Says, I love this show. Uh, Money and Nikita's insights and takes on a myriad of different topics from a queer black perspective are refreshing and educational. They're funny AF, which means as fuck. I know what that means. Okay, good for you. And their chemistry and friendship is heartwarming. Friendship? Are we not friends? Go ahead. Anyway, I so appreciate Money's tools regarding mental health and Nikita's explainers about socialism. Thanks for doing what y'all do. Please take a listen to the show. So please take a listen to the show. It's for the rest of you. Thank you so much, Er Lady. Thank you so much for, for the review and the Black Queer Night Call. That is really, that's going to be really important. What the hell is a Black Queer Night Call? It's like after seven. <laughs> so, after eight after eight in the summer and, you know, it gets dark in the, in the winter. So, like, after five in the winter. So, from now on, if anybody calls me after seven o'clock, Er Lady. <laughs> <laughs> and before seven o'clock, it's Huzzah! All right. All right. Um, so I'm going to, if Nikita trusts me to. I do. I'm going to read the review that DLT562 left. I think we know DLT562. I feel like we do. But no, go ahead and read it because I don't think so. But read okay. it. Okay. To Money and Uncle Nick. LOL. <laughs> Though I stumbled upon this podcast by accident, I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. I truly enjoy every Queer Walk episode. However, what I enjoy most about this podcast is listening to you two beautiful young women instilling words of wisdom and encouragement, dropping hardcore knowledge about what's going on with Queer Walk globally, and overall affirming nothing but black girl magic. Keep up the good work. Fist and heart. Well, thank you so much, DLT. Yeah. All right. And the last one comes from Anne's. Oh, that's got to be something. Ands. And it's called Tens Across the Board. Tens Across yes. the Board. Let me get my tens. <laughs> air lady. No air This is Ands. <laughs> so gave us Tens Across the Board and says, I love this podcast. I was hooked after just one episode. Money and Nikita, or Nick. Probably because the E E or the I. That, that's I appreciate this. They were just like, we just gonna cut this shit short. Go ahead. Have me laughing throughout every episode, and you guys just brighten my day. 
This podcast is amazing, and I'm so glad I found it. I'm so glad y'all found it, too. Me, too. All of y'all saying y'all found it by accident, maybe hit us up in the Gmail at QueerWalkPod. And tell us how you found it. And tell us how you found us, because we need to know how, like, where y'all are online. Because I truly feel like Facebook is a waste of our energy. But Nikita keeps insisting that it's not. I'm sure our listeners who are 45 and over find that (laughs) really helpful. Um, And while we on the topic, we just need to shout out Barry from Pods and Oh my God, yes. For highlighting us. That was so sweet. Thank you so much, Barry. Barry, like... Like, from the beginning, when I was, like, really scared about podcasting or all by myself, didn't know much, it's it's just amazing to me, like, how responsive yeah. she is and how much information she, she will give She is a you. walking, she's just, yeah. like, a walking wealth of knowledge. And she's a walking, qualitative researcher. Like, oh, this is She true. just does it. And, I mean, I hate that everything always has to come down to, like, quantifying it with like dollar amounts yeah. but she needs to be paid for the for the research that she does yeah that's literally what that's she, exactly what, what is. it is so thank you barry thank we you so you. much we really appreciate that <laughs> i just the only thing i just want to say is that Anne's in their review they said that they were hooked just after one episode i feel like this podcast needs a motherfucking surgeon general warning may get hooked <laughs> after one listen um all right and so this one, this message came to the Gmail, queerwalkpot at gmail.com, from Orion. I see what you did there. So, Orion writes, thank you both for your most recent episode. I decided to listen while doing a home workout and had to take several extra breaks because y'all had me laughing so much. So, another Surgeon General morning. Surgeon General. We might ruin your workout. Right. <laughs> Money, I really resonate with your feelings of isolation and disregard when it comes to folks getting in their feelings when you shatter their expectations of who you should be. Mm, that's right. Orion, we already biffles. Uh, move, <laughs> move over, Nikita. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm All right. Uh, yeah, you know I love you. Uh, folks always feel some kind of way when my black queer femme fabulous ass is so much more than they can handle. I love that. I know that's right. Yes. And Nikita, thank you for your... I was about to say, and Nikita. (laughs) Keep it moving, but... You know. (laughs) Orion writes. Thank you for your in-depth explanation and analysis of labor, organizing, and constantly showing us our how marginalized struggles are interconnected. You do do that very well, Nikita. That's right. I'm excited for this week's word, too. These issues are too important for us to not understand how the web of oppression is working to keep us all subdued. Mm-hmm. Damn, this is a, a preach. Yes. And please keep singing your way through each episode. That's you have right. a great voice. Don't let money put a damper on your joy. The listeners, especially if you're listening. I never said you can't sing. I just said this is not the time for it. It's never the time. Anyway. Let me not put a damper on your joy. Thank you. You know, he, you know, he said, let me not. Okay, whatever. Not here to yuck your yum. Finally, (laughs) thanks to you both for your passion, focus, and commitment to raising your voice about how issues and about issues and people that you care for. Keep spreading your love and joy on the bi-weekly airwaves. I see what you I see that. Wow. I feel like every episode, I'd be like, shout out to the bisexuals. Because they'd be like, yeah. <laughs> they, they get all the good puns. Ugh. 
Thank you again, Orion, for Thank, your truly, letter. Truly, truly, truly. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. And before we end the uh, community contributor. Oh, shit. Yes. I have to give a huge, uh, I feel like it's a shout out slash ad, y'all. Because y'all, if y'all listen to us, I know you will love Hala Africa. So, Hala Africa is like the queer walk of Holla. the continent. <laughs> So, so their website is hollaafrica.org. I'll put, of course, I'll put the link in the description box. But um, they have a podcast called The Wildness, hosted by Tiff and Manda, who are both hilarious. They're Biffles, just like me and Nikita. And I really love the early episodes when they weren't sure if they were going to be co-hosts because it was just like me and Nikita's for early episodes. And I don't know. I just feel like... A, a deep kinship. With yes. Them. We need to get to Joburg or somewhere because they always somewhere <laughs> traveling. Yeah. We need to get there and meet them. And we can only there. get there <laughs> if you all this donate is, to be to our is, Patreon or our PayPal. This is not the time. Okay. I'm just <laughs> it's the community tribute contributor segment. Okay. So I'm, but I'm trying to plug Holla. Oh, right. So you can follow them on all the platforms at Holla, H-O-L-A, Africa. And the podcast is The Wildness that you can listen to on SoundCloud or iTunes. And they cover like, you know, all things sex and sexuality, uh, women and gender nonconforming folks on the continent of Africa. And they literally be everywhere, y'all. So all the content on their website is uh, like submitted by gender non-conforming folks and women from the from the continent. They and and so I guess check out Tiff and Amanda also because they have a, a um, TED talk. Oh shit! Yeah, uh, and they describe themselves as two womanist queer Pan African girls trying to get through life. I know that's right. That that is the black ass bottom line. So definitely <laughs> check them out and tell them that queer walk sent y'all because, like, like I said, we're basically the same. Like, yeah, they're us on the continent. On the continent, and we are them on this continent. On this stolen land. On the stolen. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Er lady, er lady. <laughs> oh my god! You ready to heal? I feel like this is like um, you know, when you watch a TV show and they have a theme song, and then like in the second or third season, mm-hmm. they like cut the theme song down. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of where we're at now. So, are you gonna intro? So it's like, huh, 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 huh. she's five ten. And not intimate. That doesn't tell you what the segment is. Mental moment with money. So this mental moment is actually, this is like a good, what is that word you always say? What the fuck is this motorcycle? <laughs> the motorcycle interrupting the mental moment with money. <laughs> That's too much alliteration. <laughs> um, but Nikita always uses this word, dove's tails. <laughs> Isn't that what you say? So this mental moment dovetails nicely because I was just telling y'all about Hala Africa and how you should go listen to The Wildness with right. Tiff Amanda. So their last episode, they talked about um, a relationship M and E. And I actually had to look at their notes because I was like, I don't I don't know what they're saying. I thought they were saying relationship M and E. And I was like, is this some term? That I- <laughs> 
I don't know as a relational therapist. You know, I got real bougie. Like, how dare I not know? But is that in the new literature? <laughs> this must have been in the last family therapy magazine. But what they were saying was M and E. <laughs> Nikita's still laughing at me. Uh, which stands for monitoring and evaluation, Ooh. right? So I'll put the link to their last episode in the notes because they're hilarious. I mean, even their show notes are hilarious. But um, yeah, so their their episode inspired me to do this mental moment. And this mental moment is four tips for talking to Bay about trying something new during sex. Oh. Yeah, we just you, talked about exactly. This. So you know, I went did my little homework, doop, 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 and <laughs> came up with four tips. Okay, four tips not on my nails. <laughs> oh, because we talked about nails. We did, and I just got mine done today. They, they look so good. <sighs> you know, they look so good. They really do. Okay. Okay. Um. So <laughs> I just needed a moment of silence for my beautiful nails. Okay. So, my four tips. The first is you need to do a general check-in and ask if Bay is okay and, like, how their day has been going. Because the last thing you want to do oh. is, like, somebody is having a meltdown and you're yes. like, so let's, let's talk about that wax sex we had last night. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, just a general, like, hey, Bay, how, how are you generally? Are you happy? Like, tell me about your day. How was work? If it's the weekend, like, do you need to go grocery shopping? You know, just general right. check-in stuff. The second tip is don't surprise Bay with a sex talk. Um, it can actually be fun to plan talking about sex. If you do it right, you can maybe roll that into foreplay. Oh! Why are you acting surprised? Give me an example of this. Um, All I have is examples from, like, my personal life. Well, you don't have to say this from your... Just give me an example of what it would mean to, like, schedule talking about sex. Um, so, I don't I don't know if this is a thing for people, but sometimes folks get in a routine of how they have sex. Yeah. So, it's like you sort of know you're going to have sex if Bay cooked dinner that night. Okay. Because that's something they always do, right? Okay. So, if you see that, like, routine happening... You like, know it's about to... You know it's to... about to go down. So, okay. you be like, oh, okay, you cooking? Uh-huh. Well, you know, when you finish uh, grilling that fish right. <laughs> or whatever... Come I eat this box. <laughs> oh, we got to talk first. Okay. <laughs> that. <laughs> I jumped but a what, step. Okay. You did. Because the second tip is to uh, schedule Oh, right. Sex. Sorry. That way, everybody's in the zone to talk about it. You don't want to spring it on somebody because that can, like, lead to people being defensive. Okay. Like, what if I'm, like, in the bathroom scrubbing the tub and you like, babe, you got whack hair. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. You know? So, if you already know that they in the, like, right. mm, little sexy groove, it's a good time. To talk. Okay. Be like, can, can we talk about it? Or, you know, to, maybe you have morning sex. Tonight when I get home from work, I want to talk about sex. Oh. I want to talk about spicing it up or whatever. Okay. So, that's tip number two. Tip number three, pick one topic per sex conversation. Do not try to talk about everything about your sex life oh, wow. in one sex conversation. Okay. I took this from talking to couples in therapy about sex. Like... 
when you start pulling receipts, so it's like, <laughs> oh, can we talk about like how often we have sex? Oh, okay. that is one topic. Got it. Just talk about how often you have sex. Do not start a conversation about how often we have sex and then go into well, um, actually, what I really wanted to talk about was right. <laughs> can you do this thing? Right, right. Can right. we try this uh, right. position? Okay. Can we try out the swing? We right. haven't used it in a while. You know, like, stick to one topic. Okay. Again, it if you're the one initiating this, you're probably nervous. So, that you're going to respond in a certain way. And your partner is most likely going to be defensive if you start bringing up more and more and more shit. Because then they're going to feel like, damn. Well, then, you, well, then what do we do? <laughs> right. Right. If we ain't go to Bella Noches, then where the hell do you go? <laughs> Pretty much. And the last tip I have is also related to tip number three about checking one topic per um, conversation. The last one is make suggestions rather than complaints about mm, sex. Yeah. So. Yeah. Ooh, I'm so, this, oh, this feels like a little TMI. You know I'm coquettish. I'm so excited to try these things. Really? Yeah. I'm excited because at least one of us will be having bomb sex thanks to my great advice. Okay. And you and you know what I also think is that I put a lot of work into like healthy relationships. Yeah. And it, I I mean I know that my it doesn't seem like it because I put the sing in single, but I think I'm really good at relationships. You are. I feel like I've learned a lot. About relationships. Specifically, being in healthy relationships. Yeah. From you, and I really appreciate it. Yeah. So, let me know how it goes. I will. I was about to say you and your partner's name. That might be a bit much. It would be a bit much. (laughs) But I can ask both of you. Okay. Because I know and love both of you. Okay, thank you. (laughs) That was really great. That was really helpful. The only benefit of having friends that are in a relationship together is you get to tease both of them. Yeah. About the relationship. We're, We're used to it. (laughs) okay so yes let me do a quick rundown again of the four tips one ask if bae is okay two don't surprise bae with a sex talk schedule it three is pick one topic per sex conversation and the last one make suggestions rather than complaints about your sex life damn that's solid there you go. That's great. Now go off and have amazing queer sex. And I was about to say, uh, tag, <laughs> use the hashtag and tag me, but uh, that might turn into something that we can't repost. <laughs> wow. That would take that thought and bopping hashtag to a whole new level. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and now, a bi weekly word. With Nikita, the worker. <laughs> what the fuck? Ding, ding, ding. What is this 1970s? I think it fits. <laughs> oh, yeah. Old school. <laughs> that, wow. No, I have to do it again because I can fit more W's in it. Oh, my God. Ding, 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 ding. And now, the bi-weekly word with the women's worker, Nikita. You're just so ridiculous right now. Go ahead. It feel it really feels um, like a throwback. I really appreciate that. You're you know how I feel about the seventies. 
All right. I mean, it's the main thing that you got excited about when we was watching Pose with the, well, the music. Oh yeah. I mean, it, that's late eighties, but oh, the, yeah. See? Oh, the fucking sound. Oh my god, the music on that show. Anyway. Okay. So we are going to talk about hashtag keep families together. Yes. So for those of you who follow our Instagram, Instagram. you might have seen that Money uh, took some photos, was doing some uh, Instagram live stuff. You know, I still got it. I need a tutorial on all that stuff. I, I feel like I need an Emmy at this point for like videography or something. You really do. You really do. Um, so... Not just here in Syracuse, but that was on the 30th, so June 30th, on uh, that was last this past Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, not just in Syracuse, but in cities all across the country. Um, a lot of people, uh, different organizations and organizers held Keep Families Together. Um, it was specifically highlighting or, you know, people um, talking about the really brutal, inhumane, and just downright cruel... Uh, immigrate immigration policy that's coming down uh, from Trump uh, and uh, Attorney General uh, Jeff Sessions. I mean, we know right now that there. I just, I watched something earlier, and it's just so horrific. We see that there's like in Texas, there's that one, um, there's that one picture in the article uh, that was going around about the mass um, hearings where it'd be like. Yeah. 50 yeah. or like 100 Maybe. people in a room. Yeah. And then you see like the most horrific stuff about um like y- like babies, toddlers who, who aren't quote unquote like um they can't be represented by a lawyer because right. they're not entitled to one. Right. Cuz they're not citizens. Sure. And so you have like 2-year-olds standing in front of judges. Judges, right. With no with no representation and I mean, those judges, I mean, the fact that you can go in day in and day out and do that, oh, you are, I mean, you're, the only word I can think of to describe those people is that they are full-fledged savages. Yeah. And and then they probably go back to their families at night. right. After they're, like, decimating families. So, um... Yeah, this the 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 deportation machine is ramped up. Uh, the incarceration of uh, immigrants, particularly like undocumented immigrants, unfortunately, Supreme Court just ruled that the um, that the travel ban is constitutional. So that's gonna affect. Um, I think it was what like somewhere between like seven and nine uh, different countries, specifically seven, like yeah. Muslim majority uh, countries. Mm-hmm. There was uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but there's like. There was a program for um, Haitians, and that program, I think, oh, it was TPS, Temporary Protected Status. Uh, that just got torn away. So, like, starting next year, 50,000 uh, Haitian refugees, immigrants, will basically be, like, deported. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it, it is, to, when we use the terms barbaric and vile, and this is, um, like, families... And communities are just totally immigrant and refugee families are just totally being separated and decimated um, right now. And what do what do they like have back have to go back to when the U.S. has like decimated their country? Yes, yes, definitely. Um, that man, that was uh, right right on cue because I was just going to talk about. Uh, of course, you know you chime in too because we were at the rally um, together. But one of the speakers, like one mm-hmm. of the last speakers. Um, 
who I don't remember. I don't remember her name. Roberta something. She was a professor. I think mm-hmm. it's somewhere in the region. So she made a really key point in talking about how specifically the policies in Latin America and Central America, um, the the thing that's driving so much of um, immigration are these really um, yeah horrific policies that the U.S. The has U.S. Been, installed in these right, countries. So yeah. like the like the death squads that have yeah. um, that the U.S. has supported in places like. Um, Nicaragua, like Honduras. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the U.S. has been a part and parcel um, into wreaking like devastation, not just here on immigrants here, but also in their um, um, home countries. So the, the speakers were really great. Um, the event here was put on, was like co-sponsored, co-hosted by an uh, organization I talk about a lot, the Worker Center of Central New York. Squad! the um, International Socialist Organization and the Syracuse Immigrant and Refugee Defense Network. And so I've talked about this campaign um, before, but the Worker Center, one of the demands, in addition to like the one of the key demands, not just, you know, that was raised at the march that we went to, but across the country is um, abolish ICE. We'll talk about that a little bit more. But one of the things that I've talked about, but it all, it's just so, it always bears reiterating, um, pushing the governor in New York, uh, Andrew Cuomo, to implement an executive order for driver's licenses mm-hmm. for all. Um, Andrew Cuomo was, so when, the, when Trump got elected, Andrew Cuomo, one of the first things that he said was, you know, if, he, if Trump wants to start deporting immigrants, he can first start by deporting me. And it's like, that is... You know, that's all kinds of ridiculous, you know, rhetoric or whatever. But it's like, we don't we don't want anybody to be deported. deported. And one of the, the concrete yeah. ways that we can make sure, that one, like I've said it time and time again, one of the key ways that upstate uh, New Yorkers who are immigrants are thrown into deportation and detention here is driving without a license. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's not a privilege. Like, people are forced. There's no good public transportation. Yeah, right. People are trying to get to work, especially uh, immigrant farm workers that live in rural areas. Right. It's like there's there's no way to get like to and fro. And I, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm, I just was going to cut in and say, and I mean, yes, like immigrant farm workers, but we all know the cousins, the aunties, the uncles who are forced to drive like without a license, whether it's because of poverty and like constantly being stopped by the police for driving while black and now they don't have a license or like all these reasons, you know? Exactly. I know in New York state, I don't know if it's the same in other states, but like one of my clients had his license revoked because he was behind on child support. I didn't even know you can get your driver's license suspended for being behind on child support. Um, Yeah. So like we, I just, always like to tie the connections between how like a lot of a lot of these things people be like well it ain't about me it is so about you and it's always been about you that actually the way these things play out like we see who like these bands impact people who look like us exactly 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 um and those the connections that you're making um we're gonna we're gonna talk about that um in just a minute so the um uh, so the march you know it started at this place downtown and we marched to this ice, ice office yeah. in downtown Syracuse that's like so it's just it's so nondescript right like we just no this is a coffee shop it's so there's a coffee shop next door 
And the, we often see the ICE agents going in there, mm-hmm. like, for coffee, just, you know, carrying on, doing business as, you know, usual. Like, nothing is, like, not, like, what they're doing is not, like, totally horrific. But it's, like, there's no signage. Nothing. Like, not even just outside of the building, mm-hmm. but even inside of yeah. the building. There's, there's... Think The Wire Season 2. You know I never saw That's... The Wire. <gasps> anyway. I watched the first season. That's, like, basically, it's, like, just a... a a basic ass building downtown. Yep. Coffee shop on the bottom. They just like functioning out of there. Right. It's wild. Like, you, you you would have no, and so it 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 is because uh, the worker center and the Syracuse Immigrant Refugee Defense Network. When people have been detained, and we know that they go down right. there, we've done actions, protests, rallies. And that is the only way. Like, right. most of us didn't even know yeah. that that was down that, there. That was the building. And it was yeah. through, like, organizing that people, like, have, like, shown a light yeah. on what, like, the cruelty that's happening. Like, I, I've said it, like, a thousand times. But, again, it's, like, it's not just, I mean, it's important what's happening on, like, the U.S.-Mexico, like, the southern border. But, like, this shit is happening all across the country. Right. Because what did it say? Like, any city within 100 miles of a border? Right. That's a lot of fucking cities. It's, that's actually six, 66% of the U.S. population lives within... Wow. With, within 100 miles wow. of the border. And so that's just wide-ranging latitude for them. And so one of the other things that uh, they raised at, at the rally here is that at the Regional Transportation Center... Which is blocks away from, from that coffee right, shop Right, exactly. So the Regional Transportation Center, so that's where you get on the Amtrak. Oh, no. It's where no, you no. get on... Oh, I oh was not, the, not the Central Hub. Yeah. But the Regional Transportation Center is where you get on the Amtrak, where you get on the Greyhound. The Megabus. Tr- Megabus Trailways. All the ways that people who can't afford who, to fly travel. Travel! Exactly, yeah. exactly. So the U.S. So Immigration and Customs... Enforcement is supposed to be the that is the basically the as I see it that's the terrorist organization that yes. basically surveils and controls the mm-hmm, interior mm-hmm. and U.S. Customs and Border Protection or what we know as Border Patrol that like like the name suggests that is they do the patrolling of the border mm-hmm. but again because they have such wide ranging latitude to go within a hundred miles of the border Syracuse. We are we're we're within that 100 yeah. miles of the border. So I think we're like 78. Yeah, something like that. So the 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 CBP uh, Customs and Border Protection routinely um, harasses and racially profiles mm-hmm. people at the regional transportation center. Yes, and so they used to just and so another thing that um, the refugee immigrant refugee defense network and worker center has done is done like these like. Um, like going out there and watching and not just like going out there and seeing when border patrol is there, but actively like intervening and telling people what their rights are. Yeah. Cause like one of the speakers, um, from the, the network was like, you don't have to respond. Like you, you yeah. don't have to say. So if one of them asks you, if you're a citizen, you don't have to respond to that. Right. right. And we actually used to give out these cards in English and in Spanish to say, these are what your rights are. Mm-hmm. And then, so because people have pushed, you know, put pressure on CBP when they're at the uh, transportation center, now how they get around, like, one of the ways that they try to get around, like, the racial profiling is that they'll just get on the bus and ask everybody. everybody yeah. And so this is why it's in our interest for all of us, like, whether you're a citizen or not, and it's actually even more important if you are a citizen mm-hmm. to be like, um, I, I, like, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not going to answer any of these questions. Right. I don't want to participate. 
and this, and again, making sure that like people know um, what their rights are. And this is why one of the campaigns that we had been uh, working on is Greyhound. So Greyhound is a private company. It's like as a private company, you can use your Fourth Amendment right to not allow them to on, be on right, the bus. Right. And I remember uh, right before this one action, I was reading this. Uh, I was reading about like the Montgomery bus boycott, and one of there was like a PR person basically from the Montgomery uh, bus line that said basically like segregation and like black folks having to ride in the back or like you know not be able to um, access public transportation. They were like, "That's the law, and we just have to follow the law." And it's like, and that was basically kind of what um, that was the the lie that Greyhound used. And it's like, that is always what people who are trying to uphold the status quo say. This mm-hmm. is, again, this is what I'm sure ICE agents and Border yeah. Patrol uh, uh, officials say. It's like, I'm just doing my job. And it's like, well, sometimes, not sometimes, a lot of times, laws are totally unjust and they're fucked up right. and you just have to say no, right. right? And it's like, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be complicit mm-hmm. in this. I'm not going to let Border Patrol come on this bus and like uproot families, take people away. Right, right. Um, so that was one of the things um, that they talked about. And then there was another speaker from the ISO just, you know, made a good, made a really important point, something that we've talked about on here. I mean, he said a lot of good things, Nagesh. But one of the things that he was like, he said that, I, like, I think it's especially important um, especially in places like upstate New York where there's like a lot of like poor working class people, especially like poor working class whites. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not the immigrant that is your enemy, right? right? It's, it's, it's your boss, boss. <laughs> that, that tries to employ, um, uh, immigrants so he can, uh, specifically <laughs> exploit, exploit them, yeah. but then that depresses the wages down right. for everybody. So it's like, again, it's not the, it's, it's, you know, these, the corporate class, it's like the ruling elite mm-hmm. that, that want a subjugated, you know, timid um, workforce. And again, like through the work of the workers center, we know that immigrants and other worker centers across the country, immigrants actually are organizing. Right, right. right? So they're not just like right. a helpless um, workforce, but it's like, this is why it's important for all of us. You know, so we are, um, like going back to like Audre Lorde, like, it's important to celebrate, like, the differences among us, but uh, even within those differences, there is, like, a common goal. There is a common interest in saying, actually, like, we all should fundamentally be opposed to um, any kind of exploitation and oppression, but especially, like, the the xenophobia and the anti-immigrant animus that's coming down from the highest echelons, you know, of our society. right. right. Because it's all tied to, like, racism at the end exactly, of the day. Exactly, exactly. And, I mean, I know you're going to get to this, but even the way of, like, caging families yeah. or, like, like separating families through detention and caging. Right. Like, folks of color across history right. have experienced that, whether it's, like, incar- mass incarceration for, like, black and brown folks, whether it's, like, Japanese internment camps yeah. for, like, Japanese Americans. Like, all of these things, like... This caging of family. Okay, go ahead. Plug I'm I'm doing it like we're like they can see it. No, I want to keep going. No, it's um like to me. Uh, you know, I think I, I no, I don't think I know. I was actually in Texas when like I think everything was really exploding around like the over two thousand kids who yeah. were like caged and detained and sure. separated from their family. Um, and so it just felt like so heartbreaking. But what felt, I guess, familiar that feels like really fucked up to say but it's like that's what it is i've seen i've seen pictures like that of black kids you right, know exactly what, whether it's like going in to like check into prisons to right. see to see their parents who are detained right and 
Um, it made me think of like the Mother's Day Mama bailout. Right. Like yes, all definitely. of those. Like the, it is so important to think about like the the language that organizers use too. Right. Like this is a Mama bailout. That means all of these women have children. Children. Right. And, and like, what does that boil down to? Like right. you're separating families. Separating through families. Exactly. That is such a great segue. I'm not gonna spend dovetail. It does dovetail. But I'm not going to spend too much time. I always say that, and I end up going on for about Just it. one more thing. It, anyway, I just, I the, the book I really want to plug, I just could not stop. I could not put this book down. I read it at the end of last year. It's called City of Inmates, Conquest, Rebellion, and the Rise of Human Caging in Los Angeles, you know, from 1771 to 1965. And this is an amazing book uh, by this professor. She's out in California. Uh, her name is Kelly Little Hernandez. And this book... It's like a quick read too. It's like it's like a little um, it's like a little over two hundred pages. But it, even though she, like she's a professor, she's she's an academic. It's history and like it's she she writes in a really like engaging and way. gripping way. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking good. And so basically, in this book, basically what Money just said is that she documents of uh, kind of the rise of like what she calls like the system of human caging and incarceration um, in Los Angeles uh, County. And so she starts out the book uh, by talking of course about like settler colonialism. And one of the like the interesting things, like an interesting point that she makes, I don't know, I can't remember the name of the group. I think it's like the Tongva uh, Gabrieliano or Gabrielino tribe in- uh, LA area. Yeah, in the LA area. So she says, like, one of the first institutions that the Spanish conquistadors um, created was jails. And that was specifically, um, you know, in order to contain and, you know, try to get rid of and eliminate um, indigenous people, of course, who were not just going to stand by idly. Right. um, And, you know, and just be conquered. Mm -hmm. So she so that's what she talks about in the first chapter. And in the second chapter, she she talks about how there was like this group. Um, they were called like hobos and tramps. It was like mainly a group of like working class uh, white men, a lot of whom like either worked, either didn't work or worked very little. Um, she said she, she says a lot of the historical record suggests that like a lot of them or like a significant number of them were queer. And because they wouldn't conform to like the ideas about like the nuclear family and men's role in the family, like then they were like shuttled mm-hmm. and pushed um, into like the system of uh, caging, caging in jails, and then she has this chapter about um, a, a really amazing chapter, you know, about the Chinese Exclusion Act, and there's another act called the Geary Act um, that was another thing around trying mm-hmm. to control uh, Chinese immigrants and workers. And so she talks. One of the things that really stood out to me in that chapter was like she makes the case, she makes the point that like deportation was a, a mechanism that was invented. Like, that was the specific way that they wanted to... Because uh, That they did what, Nikita? Tell them. Tell them. Oh, it was a specific way that they wanted to control. And because um, in response to the Chinese Exclusion Act, like, a lot of, like, Chinese immigrants, like, stood up and they organized. There was, I mean, right. like, I was really, like, impressed and amazed by, like, the level of, like, organization and, like, pushback. So, like, in response to that, and um, so there was this case, I can't remember the name um, of the guy because I read it, like, six, almost, almost, like, six months ago, but, he, like, it was this case where it was, like, this is, like, in the late 1800s, and they, like, because at first, they, the Geary Act made Chinese uh, workers 
register to like with the federal right, government. Right. And then if they and if they and if they didn't register and they were still like in the country, then 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 they were deported. And there was, she goes into the case um of this guy. He was like the first guy in like the late eighteen eighties, eighteen nineties, who was um ordered to be deported back to China. And so like something about how she just I don't know, it's like cause we always think that these systems have always been so, here. And it's like this is how it's way. had to be. And right. it's like that was actually a specific response. Right. Like that was a specific way of dealing but with it was, immigration. Yeah. So so you didn't say it, say it. But what I took from it when you told me about it was they they started deporting people during this Chinese organizing pushback right. to the Chinese Exclusion Act because they were organizers. Right, right, And they right. were pushing back. Exactly. So, so the the response to that was to eliminate the organizers and right, just right, deport right, them. Right, 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 right. So there's that. And then, oh my God, this chapter. You can kill the revolutionary, but you can't kill the revolution. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, just like the, the last two chapters, um, like she's got, the, oh my God, this chapter specifically about in like the early 1900s so like the way that um like mexicans people like mexican americans or uh people who um were like in like living in mexico and then doing like the mexican revolution and like that that kind of like cross border solidarity mm-hmm. and work that mm-hmm. was happening and how like um, the police and sheriff and other political officials made it a point to jail people who were active um, uh, in supporting and organizing and like mobilizing support for like the Mexican Revolution. And of course, like she ends the book uh, by talking about, I mean, of course, you can't, you know, not talk about like black folks. And so mm-hmm. she talks about how like black communities organize against um, like police brutality, like police brutality, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, police brutality, police uh, violence, and how like that set the stage um, for the rebellions um, in in L.A. in the 1960s. And of course, like she, um, I think she like ends that chapter, or, you know, by talking about like so all of that history informs like you know the Rodney King, yeah, um, like mm-hmm. beating and how people responded to that. But I'm not doing the book justice. But it's just it is such. A phenomenal book and I feel like again she uses the term like you know like a system of human caging but of course if people are shoved in cages then they're again they're ripped away from From their their families and their communities so she it's like a really it's a really like detailed and like beautiful and like sharp history I just think about the language around it like even whether you want to talk about school to prison, which is yes, very like yes, male, yes. you know, I think that's like the 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 masculine male focus of of that conversation, and then the school to confinement, which is more like the feminine gender right, right, right focus of that. Um, that's all about you. Literally talk about taking kids right from families and putting them in these systems. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, tell tell them why it's queer. No, I'm joking. I'm joking, but this is gay. I mean, we could. <laughs> Damn. I'm... So, um, I know you said this, uh, and I t- I told you to just say something, but now I'm gonna say something. Go ahead. But um, it, when when people think about like, oh, these things have just like been around forever. Like, I'm older than Ice. <laughs> ice has not been around forever. When uh, this call to abolish Ice uh, isn't it isn't impossible. Like. Like, I mean, nothing is impossible. Right. Like, we've seen that through organizing and revolution. But ICE has ICE is not this, like, 100-year-old institution right. that we have no idea how to, like, Live undo. Without. Right. Yeah. 
So, um, to that point, um, and this is how you know, I mean, of course, not that you needed this history, but, like, ICE, of course, was, um, Immigration and Customs Enforcement was created in 2003, and, of course, that's just two years after, uh, 9-11, and we know the racist, racist, um, hysteria and xenophobia that came, um, out after, um, 9-11 9-11 and like you know of course it was you know Islamophobia right like it's all connected it's like trying to like clamp down on who can right. come into the country and not and going back to the driver's license thing just to make the point because up until 2001 you didn't have to be a citizen to get a driver's mm-hmm. license but it was after 9-11 um so in 2001 where the the ability to get a license was actually overturned right and so this is how again how like I- the racism and like the xenophobia, xenophobia coincide. And yeah, I know you never seen the wire, but I feel like the WeeBay gift right now, like the <laughs> like shocked. <laughs> I know that gift though. <laughs> it's from the wire, but now I know. Yeah. Uh, so, <coughs> and that just... was in two thousand three. Damn. I feel like we're all. It's like we got like a magical power, just bringing all this shit together. Mm-hmm. I just want, we'll uh, put a link to it in the show notes, but there is this interview from In These Times, which is, uh, it's a a lefty labor uh, (laughs) organ, like, media outlet, but it covers all kinds, it it really covers any kind of, like, lefty uh, movement. But I was just, we were just preparing for this episode, and they have this really great interview, um, and it's called What We Mean When We Say Abolish ICE. So they interviewed two um, uh, immigrant rights organizers. So uh, one is named Tanya Unzueta and the other is Irene uh, Ramallo. So a lot of people are now saying abolish ICE. Like you even mm-hmm. have like senators like like ours um, here, Kristen Gillib- uh, Gillibrand. And then you also have folks like Elizabeth Warren who are saying, yes, abolish ICE. But they're actually, they don't actually mean abolish ICE. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to actually, like, tamp down on, like, the really radical demand coming from the movement saying, um, no, we don't need ICE. But they're saying, no, we need to replace it. You know, we should mm-hmm. rethink some of its, you know, its priorities and change its mission. That's it's like, not what abolish means. That's not what <laughs> abolish means, right? And so um, what, it, what it means is, like, you just want to get rid of there should be no detaining of immigrants. There should be no deporting of um, immigrants. Point blank, period. And so, but again, always these things, the, it just people didn't just wake up and say abolish ICE. One of the things that they mentioned in this interview that um, it was actually in like 2009 and 2010, so almost 10 years ago, when undocumented youth were saying that... Um, Education, not deportation. Education, not, yeah, deportations. They were saying it, yeah, nobody should be deported regardless mm-hmm. of whether they're um, documented or um, or not. And so, oh, one of the other important, um, no, 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 I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But so I'm going to just quote from this um, interview because I mean, they, they just fucking nail it. And so Irene says, like, it's important to say we don't want an institution that targets detains or deports our communities under whatever name 
right? That's why we called for abolition in 2016. So she's specifically talking about Chicago, and we still think it needs to happen. And so she doesn't want ISIS power transferred um, to, to a different institution. Ins- yeah. institution. They don't want, you know, a rose by any other name. Mm-hmm. It's still a rose. And, you know, white supremacist, anti-immigrant, racist terror is that by any other name. So it's like, that's what, that's what, that's what the movement means when they say abolish ICE. We don't want that. We don't want immigration customs enforcement or we don't, we don't want any other organization by any other name doing, doing that kind of work of detaining, deporting and targeting um, immigrants um, in, in any community. And so the other thing, like to kind of connect to what we were talking about earlier, like, because a lot of people have been saying, you know, like we've even talked about like different families have been torn across, torn apart. Like this, this, the whole foundation of this country is about, has been about tearing families, Mm -hmm. particular kinds of families apart. Right. But something I appreciate because like the organizers is that they've done like a really good job of talking about concretely how they've linked up um, with other um, organizations. So Irene, who's a part of Organized Communities Against Deportations, um, in 2016, Organized Communities Against Deportations had actually linked up with BYP 100, which is Black Youth Project 100, and Asada's Daughters, and other people and organizers who are working on the We Charge Genocide um, campaign uh, and movement in Chicago. And We Charge Genocide was a movement specifically as the name... So that name, We Charge Genocide, come, harkens back to an earlier period in the 1940s where black folks went to the to the UN in the 40s and said that basically like the system of uh, Jim Crow and just like the sheer levels of like racism and brutality that were being meted out against black people constituted genocide. So fast forward to uh, the late 2000, like 2000. Um, I think it's like 2015, 2016, there was a group of young black organizers in Chicago that also went to the UN and said that the issue of uh, police terror, brutality, and murders, that was akin to genocide, Mm -hmm. right? So I think it's fantastic that organized communities against deportations was linking up with these groups. And what Irene says is that they tied the call to dismantle ICE with the demand to defund the police in Chicago. We wanted to abolish the institution, but not to replace it with something with a different name, but the same function. We want to get rid of um, the institution. And I feel like this this is why, like, whether we're, like, you were doing it earlier in the conversation, whether we're talking about attacks on um, immigrants who are also, um, like, there are also specifically black undocumented folks. But it's also important to, like, the whole framework for this is state terror. Right. Right? So it's like, whether black people who are citizens um, are being shot ruthlessly and killed by the police Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, other kinds of, other forms of violence that's meted out by the state or whether we're talking about the detention and the deportation of um, undocumented um, immigrants, like, the it's this it's the same it's, state right, right. that is responsible. And it's, the, it's the same institutions. Yeah. It's the, yeah. The same the same conversations that they have around it. It all falls under this fund, falls under this umbrella of how the state rips families of right. apart. Yeah. And I just feel like this is really a um this is a really important point because I think that's what because a lot of people, especially in the immigrants' rights movement, have done a lot of good work saying that 
we're not going to give in to like the good versus bad immigrant. Mm-hmm. Like not only just good uh, immigrant versus bad I- immigrant, but also like the good immigrant versus like the undeserving fucked yeah. up citizen, right. which is always right. code for black. Yeah. So I think that like this is also a great concrete way, not just at the level of principles and values and ideology, although those are important, but it's like th- this a system of you can't. There's no society that we can live in where black people would black people aren't going to be criminalized and like where black people would be criminalized and and, and, and like immigrants wouldn't be criminalized right. or vice versa. It's the same. Right? Like right. it's the same broader, mm-hmm. you know, program of criminalizing of people of color. So it's like we I can make I always think about that letter that um James Baldwin wrote to Angela Davis uh, where, you know, she was um, in her trial. And he's like, you know, I support you. And I'm there because, you know, it's right, blah, blah, blah. He was like, but I'm also there because if they came for me, if they came for you that night, surely they would come for me yep. that morning. And I think yeah. that this is a concrete way for, um, like, black folks or people of color who are citizens and, uh, other and like, immigrants or people who aren't citizens who are, but also are people of color to be like, mm-hmm. not only do we need to dismantle ICE, but we also need to... Defund the police. Defund the police. Yeah. Because yeah. We also we see... Um, and I, go ahead. No. I was just going to think about real world example right here, Syracuse, where we march through. Like that corner feels so important for so many different reasons. Like y'all, the hair store is there. It's a, like, black tattoo shop there, a place where everybody gets their shea butter from around the corner. Like, you, like, this is a very racialized corner, right? And two blocks down is the central transit hub. Right. Where, like we said, Syracuse public transportation sucks. You know who's taking it. Right. Folks who can't afford Lyft, Uber, or who don't have their own car. It's that, that whole walkway and street is just, like, prime for, for, like, for racial profiling. I, I used to do outreach for the worker center downtown in that area. And often I would see police just harassing yeah. black people for no mm-hmm. reason. And it's like, that is, like, it says that that is okay. So, like, the same system, like, the same police that feel empowered to harass black folks, mm-hmm. minding their business, doing whatever they want to do at the corner, are also the same police that feel empowered to get to, on a bus and ask everybody if they're citizens. Or, or, so either do it themselves or call in the agency right. that will do that. Right. And so this is why it's in, like, all people of color's um, interest, like, regardless of citizenship status, to be like, yes, we need to dismantle ICE mm-hmm. and we need to defund the police. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, something we always, the, the bell that we're always ringing here is like, if if we get rid of those institutions and we defund that shit, then we can fund the things yeah. that can actually not just keep families together, but keep communities together. Yeah. Pe- keep people, keep mm-hmm. individuals mm-hmm. together. Because this shit, like, it, like, it, like, tears us apart, yeah. breaks us in, not just into two, but, like, into a million, um, like, different yeah. pieces. Like, yeah. it's, I mean, this is... Mm-hmm. I mean, again, on this show, why do we have to have a mental moment mm-hmm. with right. money? Because the exactly. society is trying to rip us down exactly. at every point. Right, right. It reminds me of that um, Azadua quote that oh, gets, like, people twist so disgustingly. But that quote uh, in Bridge when she said, like, they would tear me into 100 pieces and tag each one with yes. a, a label. Holy it's like, shit. that's what they're trying to do. We can't let them do it, y'all. We can't let them it's do it. It's a lot of them, but it's more of us. It's more of us. And who got us but us. But us. Boom. So I just want to end by saying don't let don't let any of these 
uh, raggedy snot nosed politicians. Because you know election season's coming, so everybody wants to be progressive now. So, but when we say abolish ICE, if they're not saying get get fucking rid of yeah. it, if they're trying to do any of this kind of, well, we can rethink, we, yeah. we can replace. That's mm-hmm. that's not what the movement um, is calling for. That's not what the people who are directly impacted, who've been organizing, you know, for years, mm-hmm. almost um, like uh, well, at this point, um, uh, like uh, yeah, almost a decade around this. That's not the, that is not the demand to. It's not replace ICE. Right. It's not to rethink ICE. Not to reorganize ICE, but it's to abolish that motherfucker. We said abolish. Right. It's only one meaning for abolish. Right. <laughs> abolish ICE, abolish prisons, give just the whole thing's gotta go. The well, whole damn system. The whole damn system. Brick by brick, wall by wall, we will make their cages fall. Nikita's Ooh, chat, y'all. Shit, bitch, I'm it's hot. Hot enough to melt ice? I said you. <laughs> This is why I would keep you around. <laughs> well, I took it from you, you know. Ooh. All right. So we're going to move it on into the topic for this episode. And the topic uh, comes from... Should I use her handle or should we give her a... Let's give her an alias. Let's okay. Give me, give me an alias. I said we're going to go... Um, for aliases, I said we're going to go with old black names. Beulah? Oh, I was going to say Bernadette. Bernadette. Oh, I have an aunt named Bernadette. Of course you do. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> All right. So Bernadette writes, uh, can we talk about hetero women who seem to think it's okay to touch on you in a flirtatious way as a joke? It is exceptionally uncomfortable and would be considered sexual harassment if it were a man. I often don't say anything because to them it's seen as bonding that they can laugh and joke and touch other lesbians in a way that is not okay and not consented. It, it is different to straight people being curious and genuinely flirting and trying it on, and that is a whole separate issue. Mm. But what do you say in a social group situation and one other female who you know is not gay thinks it's funny or a type of bonding activity to be so touchy-feely? Not sure if anyone else has experienced this. Wow, it's a lot there. It's a lot there. Um, but I feel like in a, in a nutshell, it's, um, I'm going to, I'm going to replace female with women, like straight, straight women touching on lesbians inappropriately. Mm -hmm. I think the main thing you said in here, uh, Bernadette was that it's not consented. Yeah. So if you ain't consenting to somebody touching you, like that's just a flag on the play right Right, there. Right. Um, Nikita gave us a great. Uh, word with consent in the whole body experience episode and I mean I would just say that like that's fine in a social situation like uh, I didn't give you permission to touch me like that exactly that's it cut as Seth would say that and I mean if somebody's doing something to you yeah the only thing that you like saying stop and yo you I don't want you doing this I don't want you touching me that's enough but I think my question is always, why are you doing this? What what compels you? I think you got some answers. I don't have no answers. Uh, I, straight women at this point, in forty five's term, I, I don't understand how any any woman is still heterosexual. So well, that's just like there's that. But I think what I do understand is being on the receiving end of like a straight woman. Like, yeah, with, with air full quotes. air quotes, queer quotes, 
a straight a straight woman um like feeling on me or like doing really flirty things and then uh for 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 you to mention that or call them on it and then be uh whoa 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 I'm not even I wasn't doing I feel like I talked about this in a curve chronicle at some point. Cause remember I was going through I a remember, lot of like yeah. 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 The beginning of this year was like straight girl fuckery the yeah. whole time. They were just like bursting out of bursting from the seams. And they were and and it's um cuz now that I know what it means, they were gaslighting me, right? That like making it seem as if like nothing was happening right. when in fact something was happening cuz it's like why you don't touch your quote unquote your other quote unquote straight friends right. like that. You're only doing it to me or or you go out of your way to touch everybody else, hug everybody else, right. but not me. Right, yeah. The the only person in the room who's like right. open about not being straight. Right. Um I mean, I don't know what that's about. I think heterosexual women heterosexuality is fragile. And I think heterosexual women date off scripts and um like our mere presence fucks with that script. Yeah. Um and so Either their anxiety around staying on script pushes them to be really violent and fucked up to us and exclusive. Yeah. Or it pushes them to be like overly touchy-feely of like, look, I'm so straight. I'm secure enough in my straightness that I can sit on your lap. But I didn't ask your ass to sit on my lap. So like, why are you here? I feel like I've I've been on the receiving end of both of those um, Mm. things. Um. I, this is why I think Laverne Cox's language of the possibility model is mm-hmm. so important. Because I feel like when you're out and you're open about being queer, it this is I've said this like a million times on this show, but it really, like it really, throws a wrench oftentimes into compulsory heterosexuality yeah. and by compulsory heterosexuality which is meaning is like it's, you think it's, you straight because that's what everybody else right. is or that's what it's compulsory supposed to you've be. never thought yeah. about it and everything in society is telling you that this is right this is how you're supposed to be mm-hmm. you know like be in the world and experience and practice um desire and so just you being there it like it's, for lack of a like it queers the space yeah and you so, have to question everything about right everything you were fed right um, so I think that I think that that's a piece of it, and um, it's funny because it's like on some yeah on some level we're using um, you know we are using the queer quotes, but sometimes I don't even know if it's the fact that they're actually I I do think that there are, it does you know for some it's like oh well this is interesting I've never thought about it or I'm curious, but I think sometimes it's also just like there's a little bit of like narcissism and it's like. Well, that, that if she's tweet, yeah, if she's a lesbian, then why isn't she? She should be. On me? She needs to be attracted to me. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's that. Mm-hmm. I think that those are some of the things that are animating that kind of behavior. I, I mean, I don't fucking understand it. I don't either. It's, it, it's fucked up. That that's the second part of what she was saying, where they're. Um, you know, people are trying to like try things on or see, or they're like I it, think it, that's it rises. The, like I think that that's what that's what like. If, like I feel like said. I don't know if I want to. Um, I I feel differently about that. Oh, tell me why. Like people experimenting or trying things on is different than like a straight woman. 
like doing all of this. Ha ha ha! And like up in your face, touchy feely, grabby. So let's make a distinction. Are we talking about actually straight? I don't know what that is. So like somebody who for so like uh, there's there, I feel like there's a number there's a there's a number of ways to think about sexuality. So obviously, but it's like as somebody who's like okay for like there's a person who's up until whatever moment in their life they're like I've seen understood myself to be straight maybe been like a little bit open but for all intents and purposes I'm I'm straight I feel like there's that person there's so there's that woman and then there's the person and I feel like in just in my personal life not to try to make some like broader um, argument I feel like the person to, I mean just kind of a trope but then there's also the person who is like who knows that they're queer, but is like having a lots of anxieties or struggling mm-hmm, around it, mm-hmm. but projecting Perform, yeah. like heterosexuality. And those, mm-hmm. in my experience, those are those are the women who are who like go out of their way to like exclude me or be like nasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's my experience with them. So that's what I, when I was doing, I guess like the queer quotes. Those are the women I was thinking about. Okay, like who maybe haven't even realized like how much anxiety they have around like uh re- recognizing their own right like, lesbian or queer identity um and so then they end up being like either really hateful to you right. or only um only talking to you about gay shit Right, and, right. Oh, just you know, which, this is so interesting. I'm just, I just, you know, I just want to ask questions, not because you know I'm into it. I'm just, yeah. I just want to know more. And I just, I don't know. I think that, I think it's a thing that like LGBT folks in general deal with of like being reduced to our sexualities or our genders is like, and and so I guess we're talking specifically about women. So like me as a lesbian, I feel like people only want to talk about lesbian shit yeah as if like i don't have whole ass relationships or i don't have a career or i don't like attend school or or go to get bubble tea on the weekends right i mean but also that it's just like this kind of access to like people the level of access people think that they have to queer bodies to you like to your life and like just think that it would be like for lack of a better word inappropriate to ask anybody else yeah Right. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of the that's like the broad experience of the other, right? It's just like, I'm just gonna mm-hmm. ask you all these questions, yep. and it's like if you got all if you got all this fucking curiosity, you get your ass yeah. on the internet. And I just feel like if uh, uh, I don't know what word to use. Uh, I'm really I've really been rereading Patricia Hill Collins a lot lately about how our experiences in the world. Uh, put us on linguistic treadmills where we have to come up with new language always to describe our experiences because before you know it, like your your words get taken up yeah. and used in ways that you don't even you recognize. Even for it like to what be. the fuck? But um, I'm I'm thinking a lot about like how violent and so like that's one of those words like how violent it feels to um to be experimented on or to be tried on yeah. or tried out and so like I think you need to be really upfront with people if you're curious and that needs to be and like that's why that's why I said what stuck out to me initially was consent because if everybody in the situation knows it's clear what the terms and the parameters are exactly that is huge like if 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 these straight women were coming into the space like 
I'm kind of curious. I know you're a lesbian. Yeah. And you get to have that conversation with them. Like, actually, then I don't. It, that allows you to make right, particular right. kinds of decisions. Because you, you know, you might be like, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually an expert over here right. in this realm. So I can show you the ropes. But, but you don't, they don't give you that option. Right. It's not consensual. Right. It just all gets projected right. on you. This makes me think about, you know, as somebody who has um, dated. <laughs> so here, okay i'm trying to figure out how to phrase this appropriately because i don't want to be mischaracterizing nobody i feel like i have dated women who were previously in intimate relationships with men yes okay yes Ex- exclusively mm-hmm. but so i don't think i don't think any of them were i mean maybe one i don't i don't think for the most part, I don't think that they were closeted. Like, I don't think that they were like, oh my God. I think it was, I think that these are, I think that this is the group, this is the category of women who's like, I've exclusively dated men and it's like, you know, oh, well, you know, then Uncle Nick just, you know, changed. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you know, I'm just saying what you got. (laughs) No, I'm I'm kidding. But like, she's not kidding, y'all. But so like, exclusively have dated um, men, but were like, Open to the possibility. Right. Not out looking for it. Right. But it was like, I mean, I don't know. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. I know that's that's, that's what my um, current boo, uh, like that's, we, we just talked about this recently. Your sweetums? I don't call her sweetums. I call her sweets. Anyway. Your toots. I stop. These, these are not <laughs> pet names I use. <laughs> and before we, so like when we started, you know, dating or before we started dating, it was like in that phase, it was like, oh, I like you. Oh, I like you. Um, she was like, you know, I'm nervous because she was like, you know, I like you. She's like, but I've never done this. And so she was like, I'm just like, she's like, I'm afraid. Like, what if like, you know, you know, things get going and I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm not into this or this isn't for me. And so she was mm-hmm. like, I just want to, she's like, I just want to say that. So we like, we can just all like, so we can just be on the same page. I'm saying all like, it was like a gaggle of queers. Right. But <laughs> so like that, like to your point, it was like this, like these are, this is what I'm feeling. Uh-huh. I mean, and again, it's like no matter what kind of relationship, like this is where I mean, like being like communicating and being open and being honest is like important. Mm-hmm. What's that face you're doing? I'm just saying, I think y'all are great with this master communication that y'all did about, you know, what if I'm not into this, but it, it just really made me think about like, does anybody do that after dating a uh, ain't shit man? Like, maybe I should reconsider if this isn't for me. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, I just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like that compulsive heterosexuality right. always creeps back in. Sure, sure, like, sure. Like, that, that, that's, that's the, the default. default. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Touche. Mm-hmm. I'm gay, but I Is this, I also feel like there's like a gender piece to this. Because I feel like that's like a trope, right? Just kind of like, I mean, for for lack of a better reference, I mean, I think about what's her face that that trash song, Katy Perry. Oh, I, like I, I feel like yeah. I feel like that's like a trope within mm-hmm. um, culture where it's like it's I've, not only is it like accepted, but in some ways I feel like especially for like you know women in their I was gonna say like teens, like late teens, twenties, mm-hmm. probably probably even like beyond that. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's this thing where it's like, oh, it's fun, it's flirty, it's cute to like. To do whatever I, whatever kind of public sexual thing with women. You know, I, I don't like that because I feel like it, again, centers 
like that relationships with men are the serious ones cuz like nobody would consider like heteros who who had like middle school boyfriends and stuff or like high school crushes as experimenting or just trying right, playing right, around right. but like like you and another girl doing that would be considered experimenting right or, or i know like and when i was an undergrad people literally said that they were like gay in college right or like right, right. You, yeah like i'm i'm gonna be gay while i'm here and right, I'm like, what, right, does, right. what the fuck does that right. mean like um it somehow always wraps around to like being in some sort of relationship with a man is mm-hmm. the default sure. so like we're we're just messing around we just playing around right and, and of course we're both gonna like graduate and go on to marry men right 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 what is mm. i mean i guess i was so, gonna ask you what is the root of that but i guess i guess patriarchy patriarchy yeah mm. and i mean i think it's like kind of what you're getting at is what meaning do people make of these experiences because i feel like i have some friends who have like been in some kind of relationship with the woman whether it was like romantic relationship or and or um like a sexual relationship with women and they don't and they don't like say oh that was a phase or that was something they were like oh well that was you know what regardless of the kind of relationship they're like that was like that was a relationship uh-huh. you know that i had mm-hmm. and regardless of what kind of relationship it was it was like i'm not like i'm not gonna like try devaluate. to like devalue right, it, right right and so i feel like that that seems to be like um another important thing like how yeah, do they what, identify or how do they identify mm-hmm. actually it's so funny i don't i don't know i've never talked to this person right about how they identify but for they don't I know that they don't devalue in any way right any of like the previous relationships of whatever kind that they mm-hmm. have had mm-hmm. um with women and that that feels like important it does because mm-hmm. it's like yeah it's not and my I guess like the thing where I get like hung up because it's like it's not even necessarily that like because it's like there has like I think okay of course it has to be you know, it's important to have some kind of room for, like, yeah, the experimentation, the exploration, but it's like, yeah, what meaning, like, do you make of it? And how do you understand that, yeah, in relationship to, like, other right relationships mm-hmm. that you've had? That, that that seems, I feel, I'm stuck on this point because I feel like that's, like, clarifying and, like, helpful for me because I don't, yeah, I think that just to your point, I think, yeah, some people just try to, like, sweep it under the rug or be like, oh, that's not... You know, that was just a thing, whatever, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, it's like, oh, look, that was a, that's a part of, it was mm-hmm. a part of my life. Mm-hmm. And- All right, Bernadette, queer quotes. <laughs> we hope we, I don't know, gave you some insight or yeah. answered your question. And so if you all have thoughts, insights, and you want to join in on the discussion, use hashtag queer, queer W-O-C. W-O-C. Yeah. How do you deal with straight girls touching, feeling on you? Yeah. Oof. I just wanted to cuss. All right. So we're going to move on along to the Curved Chronicles. Nikita? What? You don't have any? Oh, God. I feel like I'm about to have one. <laughs> How are you, like, preempting a curve? Because I just, I just bumped into somebody. <laughs> it's, it's my fault. <laughs> what do you mean? Because it's just somebody who I'm just... I saw them, like, hey, how you doing? 
and I and now we're supposed to get coffee and I'm like actually I don't want to do that. Don't. So I'm gonna have to do some curving. Yeah. Yeah, a, God, a, a, co- a coffee curve chronicle. Oh my God! I feel like hopefully they don't listen. They'll be like, "Oh, you, <laughs> you can't make the Nikita, coffee date." You promise coffee to like six people on a daily basis. No, like so many. Now I'm gonna get a horde of angry messages. <laughs> oh, bitch! Oh, bitch! Oh, oh! You can't go out to get coffee. Oh, you sick? Oh, okay. <laughs> We really are about to get heat stroke oh my God. in this you, hot apartment. You, I'm probably going to go to our local <laughs> coffee shop, and there's going to be there's going to there's going to be a group of people who are going to be like, "Huzzah!" It's going to be the call to attack me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna get the call, and I'm gonna be like, "Er, lady." <laughs> All right. Well, let me know how that goes. Yeah. So, how do you usually cancel on someone? When you've already agreed to a coffee date and you don't want I tell the truth. It's just like, it's my God's honest truth. I'm, I'm just like, I'm just overbooked. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's not I mean, good enough for you? I mean, it's good. But it's when you truth. said, when you said you tell the truth, I just pictured you saying, actually, I don't want to do that and I won't. Because I've been in spaces with you where you said that. I do do that. That doesn't sound like something I'm interested in doing. Yeah. <laughs> I admire that about you. I feel like I, I got that from you. Really? Yeah. You go, oh, I don't want to do that. I do do that. I've been doing it a lot more, <laughs> and I feel so good. Like, like, somebody asked me to do something the other day. I was like, oh, I was like, I'm not. I was like, I'm I'm like I will not do that. Yeah. I just, yeah. I, I feel like I used to be better about that. I've been slipping on it lately. You, I think you have. I'm like, oh, I nope. I don't. I, I don't. The, I don't do that shit no more. I give the soft nose, no. which feel like yeses to people yeah. because they don't read the situation, or people just want you to do something. They don't give a fuck. But, yeah, it's like, I'm just gonna keep prodding yeah. till I. No, I'm right. all about the hard no, a plastic no, <laughs> a deal no. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So. Oh God. <laughs> I was gonna do it. But we, ever since we went to that uh, Amy Winehouse cover band and that oh. white white queer did it, I've been thoroughly upset. Oh, I'm, I'm so glad I missed that part. Oh, my gosh, yeah. The oh lead singer. He, I, I was, he was terrible. He had the audacity to be a shit singer. Like, if you want to be, a, a, be in a Khalid cover band. <laughs> baby, you, you take every opportunity to shit on Khalid. He cannot like, sing. Even, even when it's unnecessary. Because like he, right now. Because I... I I actually find it offensive. <laughs> and his songs are catchy. I like them. I think he is uh, the... Uh, I really wanna know. Uh, uh, oh, Power Girl. Yeah, he does yeah. not sing. That's actually like one of my favorite songs. I love podcast. that song. You're I love running it. running through my section. Oh, he, he does not sing. He has no range. You know what I think? I think he's the guy scissor. He is. Yeah. No range. They have the same, yeah. But catchy. I, I have no idea what she's saying, but I want to sing along. And this is my thing. I don't think he should not have a rec- Like, I don't think he should not be in the industry. I'm actually happy that mediocre black yeah, people are Yeah, exactly. Getting- <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'm we ain't got to be exceptional all the right. time, you know? What the fuck were we talking about? Curved Chronicles. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so I was trying to figure out, like, where I wanted to go with this. Uh, so, I, I guess I'll be... So, um, I have been, like, fighting the urge to reach out to somebody who 
and like said really horrific things to me. Yeah. And so I'm trying to work through like what that's about. Routinely. Yeah. Routinely. Yeah. And so I'm I, I so I will back up, y'all. I have I so like I told y'all, I deleted all the dating apps. And so really the only interaction I've been having with people is on like Instagram and Twitter. Most yeah, mostly Instagram and Twitter. And you know, I like Okay, they like. I'm not trying to say this in any kind of cocky way, but like most most of the time when I'm DMing somebody, they DM'd me first. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that to be cocky. I'm saying it because I'm awkward, and y'all know that. Like, yeah, we over. Yeah, we know <laughs> over the DMs. I am very awkward, and so um, kind of like the letter we read earlier in the Curve Chronicles. I think it takes people off guard when they then meet me in person, and I actually have a personality yeah. because I'm like awkward as fucking DMs. And so when we talk on the phone or you meet me in person and you like, oh, wow, like she has this New York accent. She's yeah. loud. She talk with her hands. Like, yeah. <laughs> like talk with her hands. <laughs> oh, so you know, I'm not the awkward geek that I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then another thing is, I think people think that when we turn this mic on, this is a persona. No, this is who this we is are. Like, you know, you knew who I was if you yeah. listen to the podcast. Yeah. Like, I'm just like. Uh, it, it shots all the way fired. Like I, how do you, you think, how's that even possible? Like you, you turn the mic on and you suddenly get imbued with radical black feminism. Like right. that's no, like that's that's me. Like right. and, and how I like to explain it to people that I date is like in the same way that people like do their spirituality. Like I do black feminism. Like right. it's how I organize my life. It's the thought process through which I move through the world. That's right. And it's also the way I do therapy. So, you know, it's just like how I do. And so like you said earlier, I feel like that really throws a wrench in the way people think about the world. Yeah. And so this specific situation, um, we had two like really big fights and one was around, um, like feminine presenting lesbians, uh, like not knowing what it's like to be read as gay in public, mm-hmm. and like me trying to like tease that apart and be sure. like, that's not about femme lesbians. That's actually about like um, heteronormativity, if you want to call sure, it that, sure, or sure, like sure, sure. the assumption that everybody is straight until proven gay. Yeah. Um, and of course, that's tied to more violent things, you know, like misogyny yeah. and um, like all kind of stuff. Yeah. And so uh, trying to talk through that, which to me isn't a, even though people read me as more femme than the person I was talking to, yeah. like to me, it wasn't an intimate like conversation. It was a, it was a political one, yeah. I guess, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. I was I was trying to point out the ways in which, like, you are attacking me as if I'm the opponent in this. Yeah. When it's actually, this actually should be an attack on heteronormativity right. and patriarchy right. and, like, all these things that, like, make people um, challenge and hate and attack you. Right. As right, a black right masculine right. Qu- queer woman. Femmes are not the architect of right. those systems. Right. Of That's what I was trying to point out. Yeah. If that didn't make sense with everything I said, like Femmes ain't sit shut the shit up like right, this, right, right. right? Like and um and I also hate the this is a totally different topic, but it's like I hate the the assumption that like femininity is easy in some way. Right. Like <laughs> it's not um and there's like a, a whole host of violence that comes along with that and again that's not because there are studs ags doms 
masculine of center, masculine folks out here. It's not because they exist that being feminine is not easy. It's because of, like, we function in a system that seeks to see the end to femininity. Like, that's all that patriarchy is about. Um, the like, yeah, it's like the the mis- misogyny is birthed out of that. It's like right. the hatred of anything related right, right, to like right. womanhood. Right. Um, and so anyway, so we had a big argument about that, and like there were just things said that didn't need to be <laughs> said to me. Yeah. Um, and I still felt like I need to give this person like I need to explain this. Um, I was read as like angry or mad, yeah. and I'm like. <laughs> But you, but even though you extended, might I say, a Herculean amount of generosity. And I think that this is a quiet way that being a lesbian, like, is, like, that's a quiet way that um, oppression sort of plays out. Maybe it's because I've been thinking too hard about this the past few days, so you can correct me if I'm wrong. But I feel like... Had I not been operating in shallow dating pools or bottle caps, if you will, (laughs) like if there were like, I don't think I would stay engaged and like trying to have this like, but I really want to talk this out with you. If I could just walk outside and be like, where the girls at? I mean, I think that's true. But I mean, this is where I think it's like important. I mean, to think about you as like a whole being and all these other parts you just I mean, you just. Uh, said it when you were talking about it. I, I wonder also how much of that is rooted in you being, I think it's also because you're not just a lesbian, but specifically a, a black feminist. And even though this person, you know, is, um, you know, not being very nice to put it extremely mildly, um, they're also a black uh, lesbian, even mm-hmm. though they're masculine presenting. And I think it's also you no, having an investment and mm-hmm. in, in them seeing this because it's, it's it would actually be See, beneficial exactly for them. and that's how I felt I'm like um you know I've I've had this sort of I guess like uh like fantasy or romantic idea in my head is like if if I was in a relationship with another black lesbian um maybe another black queer woman that I wouldn't have to explain certain things yeah. and I'm like the fact that I have to explain this actually hurts me yeah and i want to work through that because yeah. i know i know how like i felt it's like this shit yeah. saved my life yeah and so it's like i want you to have that feeling too it makes me think about harriet tubman it's like i got the shotgun on your back because yeah. you you gotta you gotta you gotta be here mm-hmm. like you got you gotta come too and if it's like you know whether you come with your own personal volition or whether you come with this shotgun mm-hmm. on your back you gotta get to this liberation yeah and so, yeah. And then after that, you know, because we talked, because I, I didn't cut them off after that. Because uh, I'm just, I used to be, my mom used to say that I was cold, like the way how I would just chop and cut people off. And so I've, like, I feel like I've been working on that. And again, because I see an investment, right? This is another black lesbian. So I'm trying to, like, do that. Uh, but then again, it, like, went to the space of, uh, I thought I was be- being like very clear yeah. about like oh um, I'm in a space of I want a relationship you yeah. know it's like I like that's what I'm dating for I guess would be how I phrase that it's like mm, yeah I'm like that I want to get to know somebody because I want to like be in a relationship yeah. and 
she was very much not in that space. She was like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to think about relationships at all. Right. In fact, the only person I could see myself in a relationship with is my ex. And oh, so wow. like, yeah. And I'm like, mm, okay. Uh, which is fine. Uh, and so then I'm like, so then let's just be friends, especially uh-huh. get my job. We already have the history of the first falling out. Right. So I'm like, okay, we can just talk like friends. I don't have a lot of black lesbian friends. Nikita's yeah. like my only one. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think I may have one and a half more. Yeah, I think I have, I think I have, combined, I think I have one more, too. But, um, yeah, yeah, so, you know, I was like, this would be really dope to have, like, another black lesbian friend. But that offended her. Like, no, I want to be able to talk to you this way, like, (laughs) like, flirt, do whatever, but... I don't want nothing from this, uh, right? And so, but that's I mean, it's not true about not wanting something from it because right, because you, you, you get something, you get something. Yeah. What you don't want is to be responsible for how it impacts me. Yeah, and I only learned that from listening to Black Joy mixtape yeah. and hearing like. I think specifically, uh, Jazz, the King of the South, talks about it, and she's like, you know. Um, and on all these things, our bodies, whether it's like because you're a fat black girl, yeah. um, whether it's because you're a care a care worker, yeah, like yeah, a yeah, therapist, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, reproductive justice worker, any of those things, like people think that they can just get stuff from you yeah. and don't have to be responsible for how it impacts you. Yeah. And so I, you know, y'all know me. Like I was just like, well, I'm not with that. And like she blew up. And, yeah. and that was, like, the last falling out. She said, you know, like, a lot of things to me about, like, how I ain't special, I ain't significant, blah, blah, blah. And, like, those, I guess, when I think about it, like, those things are things that, like, people said to me a lot in high school. Um, like, specific in those words. Uh, and I was, it's just so funny. I was just talking to my baby sister about this today where my baby sister's been wearing white twists. Um. Yeah, she looks so She's freaking cute. Sister. She's my baby sister because <laughs> I have great, twi- great, great faux lots right now. And um, and she said somebody said to her, "You think you real cute with them white twists?" Yeah. And she was like, "I didn't even respond because I know that them saying that they think I'm cute." That's right? what I was and just so, about to say. So, so I, but, but at 15 years old, I didn't have that of capacity. So when so, when I I heard I heard in high school a lot. Like you ain't special, you ain't cute. Yeah. Like why? Like why would why would I date you? Basically, and again, like why would anybody feel animated to come up to me and say, and that, say that to me? Right. Me, the the kid who started the math team at her yeah. high school. Like why would you go out your way, <laughs> right, right, to say this to me? It's because of that attraction, right? Right. Like you exactly. were attracted to you me. Do you do think that I'm special? Exactly. There, and you there can't is something that stands out about me. And you can't figure out why because right. I'm a nerdy. Black lesbian. Like, right. it's like, why? Nothing about me is supposed to be, like, compelling to you. Right. But, like, it is. But all of those things actually are. Right. It's exciting. It turns you on, baby. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, that, like, I guess it, like, really hurt because it reminded me of how I used to feel when I heard those things before. And for whatever reason, I still want to reach out to her. Like, I still... like From I, what... From... From what spirit, though? Like, is it like... From... Like, that was not okay. Like, it was... It's not okay for you to, like, do this. And even if you don't... Like, I know being single is weird because people either, like... Like, don't engage with you at all. Like, you stop getting invited places because everybody else is booed up or whatever. 
or somebody approaches you like, I too am single. Let's get married. <laughs> like, there's no in between. <laughs> right, that is so funny. I, I know, I understand that, but like, I think there is a way to do the like, I don't want a relationship that is that is like healthy. Yeah. That you don't you don't have to actually like hurt the other person yeah. who might be in a different space. Yeah. Than you are. I mean, to to the language that you were using is, as you still have to be, on some level, like conscious, thoughtful, considerate, or accountable to other to somebody. Yeah. That that you're never absolved of that responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if you paying for it. Yeah, yeah. You still have. This is a human. It's like what it's are, another person? What are the boundaries? What are the parameters? Right. What, what makes this? What would make this okay for both of us to be in it? And when it's no longer at that point, then it has to end. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's the spirit in which I've been wanting to reach out. But I know from past experiences that that they're won't not. Be they're received. also. I'm about to say they're not going to receive it. So it's not. It doesn't even seem worth it. Yeah. You would just be going for for more vitriol. Right. That's not. That's not worth it. None of this shit is unrelated from you being a therapist. I think that you, um, at, at the level of generosity that you extended to that to that person, I think it's like I said, it's rooted in, like you, and like your black feminist politics, um, but. I think there's, I think there's a I mean I know this about you you're such a caretaker and I think it's about figuring out what's the healthy boundary to being like oh okay like this is actually I'm I'm not going to do this right it's, it's not worth mm-hmm. right so I think that's like the difference like if it was like if if the conversation was like pushing but then like at some point they okay okay I receive it mm-hmm. or even if they mm-hmm. were like you know what like I've had somebody say this to me before they were like. You know what? They're like, I'm feeling really amped up right now, and I want to be able to hear what you're saying, but I cannot do that right now. But they were like, they're like, they're Damn, like, I want to. They were like, I want to marinate on it. They're like, yeah. I want to sit on it, but they're like, I know mm-hmm. I'm having these visceral feel- mm-hmm. feelings. Let's come back to it, but I, I am still honestly mm-hmm. thinking about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, so I feel like, um, I think that you do. I think that you do all that scaffolding, all that generosity, even when someone hasn't shown that they're open. To receiving mm-hmm. it, not even just in like, politi- like politically, but I'm even like emotionally in other ways. Yeah, yeah. But even even though you like, there's so much care, um, and so much skills, you know, that you have with your. What um, if it doesn't read to other people as care? Like I feel like sometimes I be sitting there and I'm like, do you see how long I've been having this conversation with you? So that's and that's just- when you know it's the deal breaker because the person that is actually that actually cares about you. And um, like is interested in like getting to know you, like they they will recognize they they will, I think that they will recognize and appreciate that as care because I mean even though it's like a different set of relationships, your friends know know that yeah and we we right. all explicitly say that to you time and time and time right. and time again yeah so it's it's not that it's like this wild mysterious enigmatic thing that right, nobody right. can see it's like right. y'all pe- see it people like people people, see it. people who know you people who love you and people who the want, listeners pe- people like, who every, yeah. people who who you are generous with and who want to be generous with generous mm-hmm. with you see that as care. I feel like there's even like listeners have said Who say like, yeah. Yes. Like yes. the way you do it. Like right. you can feel yes. the care and like exactly. the mental moment. And so it's not if it was now it, it would be a problem if like nobody was like, bitch, I never saw. Her. <laughs> you know, I just you know, this shit is elusive, bitch. But that's not that's not the case. Yeah. You're right. 
I know, bitch. You see, I'll be learning from the mental moment, bitch. <laughs> so now. And next yeah. week's on mental moment, the mental nonent with Nikita. <laughs> oh, my God. Never. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Way to bring that alliteration back around. <laughs> Never. Um, yeah, so, you know. I'm trying to I'm trying to step my like like cut off game back up. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't. Just to let y'all know, I have not reached out to her. Like, good, and I don't good. plan on it. That's good because I know it's it's like it won't be good. Right? <laughs> Nothing will be. And I'm like, Nothing will be yeah. different. Yeah, right. I just hate that I still have that feeling. I wonder if there's a way for you to reframe it as cutting off something else because I feel like that's what makes it feel difficult. But if it's if it's like mm-hmm. you know like. It's a stepping back. I like stepping back. Do you know what I mean? Because I feel like mm-hmm. that's why it's not in you to just be like "fuck, fuck you, bitch, get right. out." Right, right. That's just like, not who I you just, are. Yeah. But I think it's like a okay. Yeah. I'm 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 removing myself. Yeah. I'm stepping back. I'm gonna from step this. back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you know it's it's not fall back. Because that that feels like it hurts me too. Right. When you fall back. Fall back. That hurts. Ah! <laughs> that's what I meant. Right. Falling. Right. Yeah. But. Stepping back is it's an action for me. Yeah. I feel in control of it. Yeah. But it doesn't hurt me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The way falling back yeah. would. I like it. Bitch, you know, you know yeah. I'm into this reframing shit because shout out to my therapist. You Your know. therapist, I want to be her. She she is shit. the goal. Yes. So So she's always helping me to like like she the last time I was in there, she was like, How can we rethink this thing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That you think about it like this? She was like what would be a, like a less, less harsh way of looking at yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Or less so like right. anxiety inducing right. way. And I was like, because yes, I've been bitch. thinking about it as like a cutoff, right? No. Like how unfortunate that like there's another black lesbian yeah. in the world that like I will no longer ever be able right. to like talk to. Right. And I'm, that's what cutoff feels like to me. Right. It's like a, it's like a grieving kind. Right. But right. stepping back feels like. I'm gonna let I'm, I'm gonna, gonna let collect you. you. Yep, yeah, I'm gonna collect myself, and that I'm gonna give myself a breather, give myself some, some space, give myself some room. Mm-hmm. I feel like it recenters you and not the yeah, other person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, bitch, I'm on right. fire, and it's not just because it's hot outside. You know, I know. It's I, that's why I'm so thankful that like you're actually my biffle, and we do this podcast together. Yeah, because yeah, I, I think sometimes. I don't I don't think I know that a lot of times I overlook the things that I've actually improved on. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, like I'm I have worked on this. I've sat with myself a lot. Yeah. I study this shit. I do this shit. Right. Like I'm pretty I know a little bit about it. Um, More than a little bit. Yeah. And so I think whenever I have feelings for somebody all of that gets thrown into question. Yes, 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 yes. Which kind of hurts because it's like, you know, that's my whole career too that feels invalidated. But you know, this is a personality trait of you sometimes. Like I've, I've told you, you'll be like, I feel like when you're like in something, you're in it. What happened the other day? You were like, no, all that's fucked up and shit all the time. And I'm like, that's actually not the case. I'm like, that's no. Do you be doing that? I do. <laughs> I'm very all or nothing. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's because my Venus is in Scorpio. I'm very all or nothing. It matters that of the is, heart. That is that is you. you I, I, I can't am. remember what it was we were talking about, but I was like, I said, I was like, this is categorically yeah, you untrue. Did. You did. And you're like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yeah, that's, okay. what, that's what you're you right. Did. All right. All right. 
<laughs> and I know that's that's my sign now when I go to saying, all right, all right. I know it's I'm doing the all or nothing yeah, thing. Yeah, okay. I'm happy that you that you can see that. <laughs> What's funny now, too, is everybody's like, don't make me a curve, Chronicle. I'm oh like, well, God. bitch, don't be a curve. Stretch <laughs> that. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? All right, y'all. So. All right. So, uh, huzzah. <laughs> no, it's. it's oh, my God. It's 11. Yeah. Early lady. <laughs> That's how we're going to sign out from now on. <laughs> We do tend to record at night. Yeah. Er lady, y'all. <laughs> er lady. <laughs>